Sports Ethos New York Knicks podcast. Andre Gallagher here today. We have a special guest. First guest ever on the show. Jarrett Russo of the Supermax podcast on Sports Ethos. It was a great time and a must listen. Let's get to it. All right. Welcoming to the show, Jarrett Russo, editor at dig.com and podcaster for Supermax. Supermax podcast on sportsethos.com. Jared Russo, welcome to the show. How you doing? It is an honor and a privilege. And I don't think you know this, but two years ago, uh, the great Dan Bespris of formerly Hoopball and now Sports Ethos asked me if I wanted to host the Knicks podcast because it didn't have a host. And I said, no, no, I would rather not talk about the insanity that is the New York Knicks. I'd rather do a different podcast about salary basketball formats and for fantasy, which is way more niche and gets way less listeners. But I did not want to get involved in James Dolan's nonsense. So I declined. And that opens the door for where we are today. (laughs) Don't sell yourself short. You might have plenty more listeners than me. Trust me. But I get it because... Being a Nick fan for as long as I've been, it's very frustrating when you see the team just circling the drain. Nobody has energy for that. So I just happen to. And listen, it can all fall apart in a week. I know this. It could all fall apart with a losing streak. And next thing you know, everything's coming to an end. I get it. Uh, I don't know how you do this so often. You, you have to talk about this team as if we don't know who owns it and what the track <laughs> record has been for 23 years. Right. Well, see, this is what I do. And I, it's funny. There's a show. I'm going to have a show come out. It came out right before this one. Okay. Coming out right before this one. Where I talk about how I separate the last 20 years from the current front office. It's basically how I do it. This current front office... I blame them for the stupidness they did, and I credit them for the good that they did. I totally ignore Dolan. I act like he doesn't exist. Because if you say anything bad about him, you can't go back to the garden. So you don't, you keep your mouth shut. You don't say nothing because he will face, facial recognize you when you're walking through the door and then have security come, pick you up, escort you out, and you can never see a Nick game live again. So I don't say nothing mean about Dolan ever. But then I'll ignore Isaiah Thomas, Scott Layden, I ignored even Donnie Walsh, Phil Jackson. All right. I'll leave Steve Mills. I ignore it. It's in the past. It's done. I just focus on what this front office is doing, what this coach, this coach is doing. And I take it from there. Those aggravations, I I let them go. And I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of years back then when I just tuned it all out. Like, listen, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm done with this. So I get it. Uh, I, for one, will never let a dictator or a fascist rule with an iron fist what I get to say publicly (laughs) or privately. He is the worst owner in sports. He needs to be removed from the NBA. Adam, I'll say this on your behalf. Adam Silver needs to get rid of this clown because he is petty and vindictive and time and time again borders on being doing some illegal practices uh and is a total joke and a farce and uh 
the day he dies is a day I'm going to throw a parade down Broadway. <laughs> Did you see Adam Silver spoke on it over the weekend? Did you see it? Spineless coward. If they had any <laughs> brains or liked looking at their bottom line, I've said this for years, they would do everything in their power to get new ownership from the Knicks. They would do everything in their power to get Knicks games and MSG broadcast everywhere, no blackouts, and they would do everything in their power. And I'm going to say this to rig the lottery to get some gosh darn players on this team. And they should have done it with Zion. They should have done it with John Moran. They should have done it. They should have frozen the, the, I just do whatever you have to do to get that the biggest market back into relevancy. Because honestly, I look at the numbers of NFL ratings and I look at them possibly expanding the number of teams and expanding their schedule. NBA, TikTok, Let's go get Linsanity 2.0 back. Get Wembanyama onto the Knicks. <laughs> whatever you have to do to get LaMelo Ball onto the Knicks. Oh, you love LaMelo Ball. I, he grew on me a little bit this year. He's been injured a lot, but there were some rumors that his teammates didn't love playing with him, and he might have been one of those knuckleheads in the locker room. But I think he's definitely going to ask for a trade. You want to pay the price to bring LaMelo Ball in here? Uh. You know, that's a good question because I have a sort of like, because I host a fantasy podcast for this fine network about salary cap leagues, I have all of the players' contracts sort of memorized by now, mm-hmm. which is a terrible sin to have, but also <laughs> is a benefit for podcasting. And I don't personally want anyone to pay a player more than $20 million if they don't play defense. And so many players get paid more than $20 million to not play defense. And I just look at like the Celtics and the Warriors who drafted wisely and they picked guys who can't get picked on or like switched on. You know, like they just pick good defenders. They're not hunted. And every team seems to not understand it. You should probably put players on the court who can play both sides of the court. Very so I'm hesitant to, to go all in on a Levine or definitely, you know, Levine, especially with the injury. I can't, I can't. D'Angelo Russell or whatever. So and anytime I hear Levine's these rumors, salary. Levine's salary is insane. That's the next Russell Westbrook. If he gets hurt, if he gets hurt or if he can't defend anybody, he becomes a minus on the court. That's another contract. You can't move Bradley Beal. The same thing. Yep. Those guys. Yeah. Are plus we talking about $20 million. You got these guys at 40 minutes. 50. Yeah. And yeah. There's there's a couple of guys who have the potential to become the sort of next John Wall contract where it just absolutely. instantly goes to dust. Like if Jimmy Butler, heaven forbid, gets, you know, like really hurt, he's no. You'd have to just buy him out at that point. Like it it's so weird how how that works, or it's like you get this all-star level player and then they kind of get to like 32, 33, and then it's just like, nope, that's it over done like Westbrook you're being bought out like go play in China right you're, you're done and I'm afraid I was listening I don't know if you were listening the trade deadline actually I was in a group chat I had recorded a show right before the Levine rumors started to surface I was on my knees praying they didn't trade for this guy I was praying that's a uh, I'm right there with you that's a that's, that's just a disaster waiting to happen and it's not over this summer is going to be a whole nother thing. He's a CAA client. You know, Leon Rose, CAA. This summer, he's going to be back on the market. And I can't, I can't imagine 
why they would trade in as many assets as they would need to trade for a guy making that much money who doesn't play both sides of the floor. Because I'm waiting uh, on that. The shadowy cabal of agents who run the Knicks secretly yeah. will do anything in their best interest to make their clients rich because they're only interested in enriching the agency and not putting the best team on the court. And no greater example I can give than the rant I love to give not only on my podcast, but on Twitter and to everyone I know in real life. And I've been, again, I, I am such a broken record with this. For years on end, we just didn't draft a point guard because we didn't have a point guard for like 20 years. And I would scream on Twitter, hey, Nick, you should trade up and take a Lamella ball. Hey, Nick, you should take a shot on Cole Anthony. Hey, Nick, you should trade up and get Tyrese Maxey. Hey, Nick, you should take Tyrese Halliburton at eight. But no, they know better. Oh, of course they know better. Mm -hmm. And that's how you get stuck with uh, Frankie Smokes, Frankie Nicotine and Kevin Knox and trading away oh. what happened at the draft last year where it was like we had 11 and then we didn't uh Obi Toppin who I will ever just call not Tyrese Halliburton not Tyrese um, I like that I, can you believe just, that they passed now I got some intel on this they weren't the only ones who felt this way but they passed on Tyrese because they did not have confidence in his jump shot <laughs> this is what you need to do be a real organization draft and develop do both mm. a lot of teams do one or the other do both draft and then develop them now not everyone can have coach popovich but you got to know what to do with your talent you can't just get the talent you gotta you gotta coach them up so yeah it's a big just, problem across the league it's a huge problem i talked about this I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Seth Partnow. He used to work for the Milwaukee Bucks, and he does a lot of NBA uh, conversation nowadays. A uh, big analytics guy. Uh, he wrote the book Midrange Theory. Uh, smart dude. And I got a chance to talk to him about this. And he talked about how most teams just don't have player development departments. They have a player development guy. But OKC, they take that seriously. Toronto, they take that seriously. San Antonio, Miami, they take that seriously. They actually work diligently to develop players. They have a whole system in place. And most organization and, and, and organizations, including the Knicks, do not. They do not have a department focused on it. And they don't have, they really don't have the desire to build one. So basically these guys come in and they have an assistant coach who in his part-time is helping the guy out. And that's why you don't see these guys get better, really. I mean, we, we don't have a public relations department. Like we refuse <laughs> to talk to the media and then we put out like a fax that's just like, hey, uh, we're not selling the team. Also, uh, we're, we're going to intentionally like piss this one guy off who, who's suing MSG, who was an alcoholic by not selling alcohol. It's like, I don't know what the hell... <laughs> we're doing but like every time i see evaluations for the team it's always like oh they're worth eight billion dollars of the richest franchise and we have a track record of oh what's that let me count them what one playoff 
series win? Right. I think they have the worst record over the last 20 years, actually. I think they have the worst record. They have a couple more playoff appearances, I think, than than, uh, Sacramento after 2020. I think they might have two. Do you think they locked Scott Perry in, like, a closet and just, like, never let him out to, like, talk sense into doing things? I I did hear that the Knicks do have kind of, like – I mean, you mentioned a cabal. They do not have one decision maker. They have a group of people, World Wide West. Scott Perry's in that mix. Thibodeau has a voice. Obviously, Leon Rose. They do have an analytics guy who does a lot of valuations the last couple of years, values players. Um, I they, they have kind of like a group approach at this point as opposed to one loud voice. And listen, they've clearly made mistakes. That Obi Toppin, Halliburton pick is going to haunt us probably forever because they're forever. going to end up trading Obi for next to nothing because he cannot build his value playing behind Randall and Halliburton is one, going to be one of the most efficient point guards in the league for the next 15 years and is going to break oh, listen Brunson softens that a little bit but still when you continue to miss you can't miss on lottery picks that's really if you track the Knicks issues is that they, unlike most teams, most teams hit to some degree on one of their lottery picks when they've been bad for a stretch of time. That guy might not stay there forever. They will trade him. And because they, they've moved that player who has some value, they get value back. Then they get to build more because of that value and multiply talent on that team. The Knicks, because they missed so often on these lottery picks, they did not have that. They had nothing to build on. They have nothing to sell. Oh, this guy doesn't want to stay here. Okay. They had KP. That's it. Like this guy doesn't want to stay here. We'll move him and we'll get five draft picks back. It's still paying off for us. What KP? Yeah. We still have Dallas's pick this. Like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was a great trade. I mean, that was a great trade and it was a rare, I know, but it was a rare, like we, we got, the fourth pick and he turned out to be great. And I remember we, everyone booed him. Right. Um, yeah. No, he was, he was on it to give Phil Jackson a little credit. Phil Jackson quietly thought Laurie Markinen was better than KP and we wanted to trade KP to get Laurie Markinen quiet. As cats. Uh, <laughs> but again, but again, player development, like Laurie on the bulls versus all-star Laurie on, on the Utah jazz under Will Hardy so it's right. a story. Right. And the cat, I mean, the Cavs had him under their roof too, and he wasn't playing like this. And I don't think they would have been so willing to trade him if they knew he had this kind of potential in him. So, so th- this is why you need one longstanding loud voice in the room. Now, obviously, Tibbs has a loud voice, but the coach, he's a coach, he's not a GM. And he tried that. It just doesn't seem, it just doesn't seem like, any any year to year like it, it always seems like there are rumors and reports about like what the team's direction is but since the team never publicly speaks it just doesn't like do anything it's like not having a president or someone at the wheel it's very bizarre and uh so when we get to these drafts the the players we take in like the top 15 are complete whiffs other than kp and then the the guys who take in at the back half of the first and in the second rounds, they're like good. Yeah, real like, good. 
oh really? wow yeah. tim hardaway jr and and emmanuel quickly and mitchell robinson it's just like okay Fine. like yeah mm -hmm. we're good at that part i guess but uh, just ironically the knicks don't want to make those picks anymore right because they don't have yeah, any more just, roster space they don't they don't want to make them they're not willing to make them they don't want to engage with that side of team building which is like what phoenix the phoenix suns are doing like they just they hate drafting okay great give away all your picks and now they have kevin durant right unfortunately the knicks i don't know and i talked about this in one of the past shows now that the nets have collected this war chest and Utah has collected this war chest, and we know OKC has a war chest. If there is a player, and I don't know who that player would be at this point, because that's one of the things that I think the Knicks have been relatively relatively clear on, at least from media reports, trying to acquire a superstar. Not only do I not see that guy coming available, the perfect guy, but they only have a competitor that has as many assets as they do, if not more, to get that guy, especially the Brooklyn Nets. Utah Jazz might sit it out a little bit, draft, build from the draft or whatever. Danny Ainge loves to draft. But the Brooklyn Nets are going to look to make a splash. And with McCall and Cam and all the picks that they got, I don't know if the Knicks can beat out those packages, especially since the person they want to pedal off is R.J. Barrett. So I – Delight with glee at the total collapse of the Brooklyn Nets. Because well, I hate them. They need to well, they need to go back to New Jersey. They will always be the New Jersey. Oh, oh is it they're, they're not it's not a total collapse. It's a problem. That's what pisses me off now. They I know. It seems like they have like, a the great butt. they have a great young roster. Congrats. I, I just don't see a, like a future where like I mean, yeah, they need to get someone, but like Mikhail Bridges is awesome. And I like Cam Johnson, and I I like Nick Claxton, um, but they have this Ben Simmons weight around their neck, and <laughs> they're gonna have I to just, give up one of those picks to get rid of him, maybe two if they want to trade him. Exactly. Um, and then you also have to deal with like free agency and pre agency, like who wants to go there. You just had some of the best players of all time collectively agree to go there, and then amounted to nothing. So like, what are the odds that like it's gonna happen again, but better? Um. What I'm worried about are two things, and I want to get your take on these two topics. One of them is that I'm afraid that this team is going to go hunting for Carl Anthony Towns because I feel like he's like the next quote unquote star to become available. I think, but he doesn't right. play defense, so I I don't want him. I think you're right. Plus the plus the agency thing, like the whole connection, and then secondly, Kentucky too. Kentucky too. There's a there's a whole Kentucky. Oh God, yeah. Office. One of the next games I went to. Calipari was there. He was dapping up D Rose. He's like, a big part. He's a big yeah, part of the He's in their ears. He, he's so wild. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the other thing is because we don't have luck moving up in the draft, it's either we stay put or move backwards. We were cheated out of Zion and John Morant. So we got RJ Barrett. Yeah. And it's turning out that we should have moved R.J. Barrett for Donovan Mitchell when we had the chance because now it seems that R.J. Barrett is moving into bench role slash he's nice, not a, not quite a bust, but like this Victor Oladipo like route of just like, you're you're not that dude. You're not so then it becomes like, well, who do, who do we give him up for? And again, it's like, are we going to try to pry Devin Booker and Carl Anthony Towns, like, 
that's not gonna work. Are you kidding me? Devin Booker, I put in a different category. I think if they were able to get Devin Booker, which I don't think they will be able to do. No, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, why would he want to come here? And there's, there's no reason. Yeah. And I 100% agree with you on Cat. I don't think he's built for New York. I don't. He doesn't play defense. He's he was a guy that Tibbs had, right? Wouldn't didn't Tibbs in Minnesota? Him? Yeah, and it was a problem. <laughs> like it wasn't it wasn't a problem around there with with the amount of effort and and uh, grind that he was requiring, and apparently wasn't willing to give. And now he's going to come and give it another try he's not a stupid kid. I can see him coming here and thinking he's going to outlast it. So let me just come to New York and, you know, I'll ride it out until Tibbs is gone. You know, I can, I can see him trying to do that. I don't, I definitely don't think he's the answer. I think he's another guy that's going to end up having a contract that, uh, that you can't get rid of because nobody, and people are going yeah, to through it. Yeah. They're going to start to see through his, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to call him complete empty calories. I'm not going to go that far because it's not that bad. I don't know. A lot of those empty calorie stats mm-hmm. are pretty good. Yeah. But I, I do, I'm pretty sure they will chase him they want they they're desperate to get this star kentucky ties all of that stuff everything you mentioned uh devin booker's a pipe dream they, they um, had donovan mitchell on the table they did yeah. it wasn't as simple as rj barrett though i i think i'm gonna tell you what i heard being here in westchester donovan is from westchester there was rumors in his hometown that he had been telling people that all of those picks and quickly and grimes was the reason why that deal stalled but the knicks didn't pull up stakes danny Ainge just moved on to the cab deal but it was grimes along with all of the picks that the knicks did not want to move off of and when he played grimes at the garden and grimes locked him up that first game grimes gave him a hard hard time you can see Donovan go up to him after the game, congratulate him on the good game he had because the Knicks actually pulled out a victory against the Cavs that game. It's really seemed like the Knicks didn't want to move Grimes. I don't think they had a big problem moving RJ. And there were rumors earlier in the summer that RJ wasn't even wanted by Danny H because they were going to have to pay him. And RJ was not at all targeted by Danny Ainge. Now, Danny Ainge might be putting out a lot of smoke and mirrors, but that was the rumor for a good six weeks in the summer, right up until the Knicks were giving R.J. Barrett that contract, and all of a sudden it seemed like everything blew up when they gave him that contract. 24 hours to make a decision, all of that talk that was going on right around that time. And I remember thinking to myself, since when did Danny Ainge want R.J. Barrett? I don't think the Knicks had a problem moving R.J. Barrett moving on from him to get Donovan Mitchell. But I do think they had a problem moving on from Grimes. That's so wild to me. Like, I, like Matisse Thibel was the second coming of Kawhi Leonard for his ability to play defense. <laughs> until he wasn't. Yeah. Until, yeah, until he was. So, like, it just, it, it baffles my mind that, like, Donovan Mitchell in the bubble, like, Put up these insane games against the Nuggets, and 50, 50, 50. And because he was in a bad situation, everyone kind of like looked the other way instead of adding him to a team with should be All Star Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, who 
nice turnaround season. Nice turnaround. Um, I like Josh Hart. You know, like we have it would be beautiful players. It would be beautiful now. You know, looking back at it in the summer, it's like it was my take in the summer. Let's not trade every single asset we have and then still need another superstar on the team. Because in the summer, you're looking at it like you can't trade Julius Randle. He's negative. He's a negative asset. He's negative value. You got to got to give something to trade him. You're not going to get anything good for him. R.J. Barrett is so-so. People didn't love R.J. Barrett. It's just like, ah, R.J. Barrett's numbers, 40% from the field, low 30s from three. There's nothing beautiful about R.J. Barrett's numbers. Nice, decent player that maybe can develop into something but you're not gonna necessarily going to get a superstar for him. And then you're giving all your draft picks for Donovan Mitchell. You got Jalen Brunson, who I loved, and I'm glad the Knicks got him, but I didn't know he was this. I didn't know he was doing this. So when you bring Jaylen, in Donovan Jaylen Mitchell. Jalen Brunson is the best thing to happen to us in a very oh long time. Oh, my God. But continue. I can't. I can't. I can't imagine the Knicks luck being this good. I, I can't. It's so like good. it's like you want to pinch yourself. He's so gosh darn good. Oh. One of the clutchest players in the league. Love him. I mean, goodness gracious. So – now I look back on it, and so my my stance on it was the Knicks were going to have no bench, no assets, and the players that were paired with Donovan Mitchell were not going to be good enough to really compete in the Eastern Conference. You weren't going to have any cap space or anything else to get the players you needed, right? But now you look That's at it, maybe Jalen Brunson is that guy. <laughs> Jalen Brunson might be that guy, that guy that you didn't think you had and you didn't think you could get. He is that guy. So when you look back on it, I was like, how good would they be if they had Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell on this team? And with this Julius Randle who came out of nowhere to to be a good player again, a very good player, even though, you know, criticized for a lot of decisions he makes, whatever. He's an all-star. It's crazy. They would have been everything you would have hoped this team would have been. So it's it's almost like perfect Knicks irony. Yes. Um, so yeah, so so a few things on that. I mean, hindsight's 2020. And I, I mean, no one can truly tell what would have happened. Like maybe in an alternate reality where he was on the Knicks, he gets massively hurt. You know, like it's that right. it's that butterfly effect. Like nobody really knows what would have happened. Yeah. Um, but there is something to be said about the Knicks and some other teams being on the treadmill of mediocrity where you're never so bad you're at the top mm. of the draft but you're never so good that you're like in it to win it yeah, and you're just you stuck in the years. middle year after year yeah so that's not great yeah. um there is this part of the knicks that of this delusional thinking that you're always going to get the biggest free agent signing because of new york right and that's year after year it seems that these these players are completely self-interested and self-motivated rightfully so yeah not, but not hate for their own image and their own brand. They want their own team and they want their own situation. And it, it, I don't know if, if they're cowards because imagine someone coming to the Knicks intentionally being like, I want to win. Here. Oh, no, no. They the are this place to win and, and get the most amount of fans. And it's like, no one's ever interested in that in the same way that no one's ever interested in the Jets being the Jets quarterback. It's like, I'm going to put it all on my back and I'm going to win here because that is the biggest market. No one ever does that. They're yeah, they're, they're, scared. they're scared. They're scared. They're all, oh, they're all afraid. They're all, oh, 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 we'll just go to Brooklyn. It's our own right. team. And Carmelo we said control it. Control things with their puppet strings. And we can, oh, Steve Nash, make him our coach. Oh, you know, I don't want that guy. Trade for this guy. 
Do you know how many reasons Durant gave when for picking for picking the Nets over the Knicks? He gave about a dozen reasons. He got he gave so many different reasons. I knew that he was full of it. Oh, <laughs> totally full of it. <laughs> full of it. They went oh. to the Nets because they knew they could run the franchise and they knew they wouldn't have to operate under the same scrutiny them coming to the Knicks would, would be. Uh, you, you, you have to be willing to be coached. You have to be willing to be a team player and play ball with your organization and your coach. Like, an Eric Spolstra can win you rings. Right. Like, a Ty Lue can win you rings. Like, Steve Kerr, you have to be willing to buy in. You can't just be like, I want that guy and he's not going to coach me because he's my friend. Doesn't right. work. Yeah. I'm also afraid that if we did have Donovan Mitchell, it's an undersized backcourt relying on that those like ticky tack fouls that like Harden used to get, where you kind of drive to the basket and just kind of. But I, it sucks so bad that like the next ten years of my life, I have to watch the Celtics with this incredibly good young core, like put it together maybe, and figure it out. Hey, maybe Jalen Brown might want his own thing in a little bit. You never know. I look at everything in four year windows now. As a pipe dream. four year windows. That's a pipe dream. Like they're they're not. I'm not going saying anywhere. come to the Knicks. I'm not saying come to the Knicks. No, no, no. no. But still, yeah. like like the Bucks, they're not going anywhere. So it's like you have to go through them, and it just doesn't seem like if you don't have like a top tier guy, you're never you winning a championship. To. And as much as and as much as fans want to think that every team is actually trying to win a championship. A lot of teams aren't. A lot of teams, no, 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 no. that's not their focus. No. Selling tickets, selling jerseys. Playoff, playoff money. That's that's the focus for a lot of these teams. Get to the playoffs. Playoff money. Yeah. Um, but we don't have problems selling tickets to, to the garden. Nope. We don't have problems getting eyeballs watching the games. MSG makes an, an infinite amount of money, but it never seems like winning the championship is the most important thing. But you do have to have like a top five guy right and, and they, they swung with Carmelo they swung with Carmelo they swung with I mean to a lesser degree Amari and then they didn't really have I mean you can't you can't miss on lottery picks no you can't miss on lottery <laughs> you picks can't. you just can't we never had a Sam Presti or or a, a Hinky. and I, I wrote this list a while ago I just wanted to like go through this list real quick yeah I, I looked at the best player on every championship team for the last like 12, 13 years. Oh. And I kid you not, it was literally just LeBron, 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 Curry, Curry, Kawhi, Curry, LeBron, Kobe. Giannis. Dwayne Wade. Yeah, even I mean going backwards, Kobe. Yeah. And it was like every team should be doing everything in their power to get the dude or or the next guy who will become that dude, like that Giannis. Dude. Right. And if you don't have that dude, completely and utterly futile in the same way that like Patrick Mahomes is going to dominate the NFL for a long time to come. And if you don't have Patrick Mahomes or even a Joe Burrow, good luck. Good yeah. luck. No, it's not going to happen. You know, hundred percent, hundred percent right on that. And I just well, don't well, see that guy. The worst owner in sports. I'm not even sure if Donovan is that guy. That's, that's no. another conversation, right? Is Donovan even that guy? He's not. I mean, you want to piece together the 04 Pistons? God bless you. You want to you want to piece together the 11 Mavericks? Those are complete outliers. God bless you. Put together like the actual best team from like 1 to 12. Go for it. But we have the worst owner in sports. So, <laughs> until he dies, I, we're never getting close to sniffing in Eastern Conference Finals and uh we should be 
honestly, every team should be tanking to get Wembanyama. And if you don't get Wembanyama, you should be tanking for the next 13-year-old who's going to be the best player in 20 years. I mean, like, that's that's what we care about. We care about rings. We care about winning. We care about getting the championship banner. And I can't believe that Ujiri swung and hit the home run by getting Kawhi on right. the, on the cheap. Uh, and on the cheap. On the cheap. Just a, but he also had like a dream roster too. It was like Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam and right. player and development. Arcasol, player yeah. development. Thank you. So the Suns drafted Booker and Aiton and they signed Chris Paul and then they traded up to get Kevin Durant. Um or the Warriors. They literally drafted, you know, uh, all green and, and Kareem Thompson. Yeah. Injury luck where they got drafted, the money, we get it. Andre Iguodala, free agent, and then obviously they get KD. But like the Celtics and the Bucks, they just, or the Grizzlies. Imagine having the guy who runs the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies hit every draft pick, like he's like he's yeah. Aaron Judge hitting sixty two, like Desmond, Desmond Bain, Bain. out of nowhere. Desmond Bain. Aaron Jackson Jr. is an all star. Santi uh, Aldama, who ever heard of him? Great, killing I, it, killing it. Con- I want Santi Aldama. Conchar is even good, and then barely even plays, and he's and he's Xavier Tillman, and unbelievable, unbelievable. What's that like to have to hit on on every? I mean, I don't know, but I don't know, but but a lot of guys might not be ready for for prime time New York City. Oh yeah, absolutely. They're just they're not thick skinned enough to deal with the market. And the fan base being smarter than every other fan base, because which is why I always um, that's which is why I wanted Brunson, because whatever his shortcomings were, I knew he was built for it. God, he's so good. To another, and again, to bring up Donovan, Donovan is also built for it. He's from here, and he yep. wants to come here, and you're not going to see that every day. He wanted and to come. He wanted. That's to a big be, deal. Like I just, oh my god, he wanted to be here. He wanted to be. He thought the deal was done. Like I said, the same little whispers in the towns up here. He thought it was done. He was telling people it was done. And guess what he gets now? He gets Evan Mobley, defender, and he gets Jared Allen, defender, they're and he lose. gets. They're gonna lose though. I'm gonna let you know that now. They're not gonna win. They... Because of the same thing you're saying, they can't get past Giannis. They're not getting past. They're not getting. And they're not getting past the Celtics. But they can. They can be like, you know, a much better team than us for a while and oh yeah for a few sixers. years absolutely and especially and same with the sixers because yeah. they have but like we're right underneath that isn't it nice we're going to be the five or six seed it's like who who cares who cares first round exit and whatever i mean listen you gotta enjoy the ride you do gotta enjoy the ride if they're no, not don't. taking if they're not who says taking? i have to enjoy anything <laughs> because i haven't enjoyed this team for 23 years <laughs> you can't root for them to lose 24 years <laughs> I, I rooted for them to lose when I could have gotten Zion. I hope they lost every game. Oh yeah, well yes. Listen, at that point, so when it's already when it's already begun, then you start actively rooting for the other teams that they're playing. The fact that the Knicks got right behind Ja and Zion is such a tragedy. You had to pull Patrick Ewing, Adam Silver. You had to listen, listen. Especially the future of your league depended on it. We were one pick away from Steph Curry. Steph Curry thought he was coming to New York. He went to Everyone come here. They're coming. All LeBron's coming. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about in the draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steph, he tanked, he tanked the Golden State workout because he thought he was coming to the Knicks. He wanted to come to the Knicks. He tanked the workout. And Golden State still took him. 
we were one pick away from Steph Curry. I, I can't listen to this. Can we wrap the show up? You're going to make me cry. Let's wrap it up. I loved having you on this show. You got to do this more often. Make sure. What's your what's your ad on Twitter? At Jared Russo. At Jared Russo. Give him a follow. Check him out. Thanks again so much for coming on the show. Editor at dig.com. Check it out. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. We're going to do this again. And if you uh, are interested in my podcast, it's called Supermax. We talk about fantasy uh, basketball leagues, but salary cap leagues. So you got to pay your players what they're actually being paid. Uh, Run your team like a real GM. So check that out anywhere podcasts are available. Make it so. All right, my man. Thanks a lot. Take care. You too. That was an awesome time. That was an awesome time. And let me tell you something. I've been playing fantasy fantasy basketball for 22, 23 years. And I didn't know that these leagues existed until recently. And if you have any kind of interest in, if you actually believe you can be a good GM in the NBA, you're not getting your fix from just playing regular fantasy, fantasy football or basketball. You can only do it if you do these kind of salary cap leagues. Because now you have to make tough decisions based on actual salaries. Guys who are overpaid, finding guys who are underpaid and have high value. you got to really dig into it. You can't just listen or go read an article and go make some waiver pickups. you really got to dig into it. And Jared and his Supermax podcast is the first place you're going to want to go. For that now, the season's almost over, but I'm gonna tell you right now. Next year, I'm gonna get myself in one of these leagues. I'm gonna cut down on some of these regular fantasy leagues, which are kind of I love fantasy, but it gets kind of boring because everybody's doing the same thing at this point because they're checking out sports ethos, they're checking out Dan Bespers, they're they're all over everything they need to know. So it's not really you're savvy versus they're savvy anymore. It's about how fast you can pick up the, the guy that Dan told you to go pick up. <laughs> so I'm really going to jump on this this uh, salary cap fantasy league wave that's starting up and Jared's on the forefront of. Check out his podcast. I'm glad to have him on the show, but make sure you check out Sports Ethos and at sportsethos.com. Make sure you follow at Sports Ethos on Twitter, at Jared Russo, at Ethos Knicks. So next time.